Paladino Live returns for episode number five. We have returned once again, and boy, do we have a big show today, as we're going to talk about the NFL free agency, particularly the Minnesota Vikings, who made a nice splash, signing three free agents. We are also going to talk about, once again, the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Timberwolves. And it is going to be one heck of a show today, and I hope you enjoy it. Now, we are on thesportstuff.com. We are also on iTunes. So I want to thank all of you for downloading and listening to this show. Now, on iTunes, if you haven't gone on there yet, simply go on there and search for Paladino Live, two separate words on iTunes, in the iTunes store, they call it, and subscribe. It is completely free, and that way it will update the new show every time I have a new show posted on iTunes. It will automatically download it for you. And you will be listening to my lovely voice. Now, on thesportstuff.com, first of all, I would like to welcome Lance Williams of the JTS Show. Congratulations, Dylan, on landing him, as he will be a great addition to this website, and it's going to make us all better. And it's great to have you, Lance, if you can hear me. Now, here on thesportstuff.com, we have a call-in line. It is 916-912-4263. That is 916-912-4263. Call it in. It is a voicemail. Simply say which show you're addressing, say Paladino Live or Running with the Bulls or whoever, and uh, make your comment. Ask us a question, make a comment, talk a little smack, whatever you like. You know, We'd love to hear from you. And um, also, don't forget to get a screen name on the TSS boards. We really would love to have you on here. As I've been noticing, there have been some members getting on here, especially with the JTS joining, and also I've referred a few people. And uh, let's get this thing rolling. Let's get some more members on here. Go to thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. That's right, thesportspodcasters.com forward slash boards. Sign up, get a screen name. We'd like to meet you and get to know you, as uh, we're a great group of guys. We love to talk sports. Some people talk smack. I personally don't because I'd rather just talk, you know, than talk smack, I guess. That's just my style, being a slightly older member of the of the, of the the crew here. So either way, it would be great to have you and sign up. Now, Paladino Live also has a YouTube. That's right, YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. That's right, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. Please subscribe. It's also free. I enjoy my videos. I put up a new video this week. Finally, it is Timberwolves related, and I've received great reviews for that so far, all five-star ratings. So please check it out and enjoy. Also, I go on Instant Messenger, Yahoo, Instant Messenger, or AIM, AOL Instant Messenger, both are Paladino Live, one word, Paladino Live. Please add me and uh, send me some comments. Let me know what you think, sports takes, just a shout-out, whatever it is. I'd love to hear from you. I also have an email. It is Blue Paladin. No, I'm, I apologize. It is Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Again, sports takes, comments. Uh, encouragement, uh, anything you don't like, whatever it is. So it would be great to hear from you. Now on to the actual show, the Minnesota Vikings. Remember them, the team that actually got me going on YouTube, the team that exposed me a lot on YouTube and got my attention. Eventually, that's how I met Farzine through the Chiefs and Vikings game. Farzine, the host of the Chiefs End Zone show, and now he has changed the show or uh, added a new show called Casey Boom, as, uh, yeah, that is a great show where he covers all Kansas City sports. So similar to Paladino Live, you know, he's never one-dimensional on that show because he talks all Kansas City sports just like I talk all Minnesota sports here on Paladino Live. Not so much the Twins because I just want to, out of respect, I like to defer most of my Twins talk over to TC Talk where Andrew Gotsman does a great job here on on uh, thesportstuff.com. Check him out. He is very, very good, very in-depth coverage on the Minnesota Twins. So, um, yeah, definitely give him a check. Subscribe to him. Um, And here we go. The biggest story of the free agency period for the Minnesota Vikings is one of the largest signings of the whole 
new window of the whole free agency window being open. Wide receiver Bernard Berrien from the Chicago Bears is a Minnesota Viking now. And um, he's a guy that Viking fans and Viking, uh, you know, radio hosts, you know, KFAN and all such here in the Twin Cities are talking about Bernard Berrien since way back in October, November. You know, the Vikings need to get a guy like this when he's a free agent next year. Oh, man, he's just going to be a great addition. Well, here he is. We got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him to steal a line from KFAN. Um, yeah, I am thrilled about the move. It is it absolutely opens things up for this offense as things were just jam-packed last year for Adrian Peterson and Chester Taylor because there was no passing game other than when Sidney Rice was able to go vertical. And um, Sidney Rice, as I said numerous times on my YouTube videos, is going to be a excellent player. I really love him. He's, he's a, he is a raw talent. But now you have Bernard Berrien to go with Sidney Rice. And you also have Tavares Jackson with finally getting that first year, all those butterflies out of the way, or so we hope, as um, Tavares Jackson, the quarterback of the Vikings, who has been under scrutiny heavily by some and uh, overrated by others. As um, I agree with Farzine how a lot of Viking fans tend to just think Tavares Jackson is, you know, wow, he's, he's really is a great quarterback. No, he is neither a great quarterback nor a pathetic quarterback. I mean, <laughs> he's been awful, but not quite on the pathetic level. Uh, other than that uh, Detroit Lions game, the second game of the year, is that was my uh, most inflammatory video of all time. The Vikings and Lions video on YouTube where I just explode pretty much in both teams because they each turned the ball over six times. And, um... I hope that these uh, added threats to this, that though added threat so far to the offense and Bernard Berrien can help uh, eliminate some of that mess. Uh, it should give Tavares Jackson some more confidence. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Uh, it's it, it it has to. The only thing is, well, there's no way uh, Bernard Berrien is going to be wearing number 80 because Chris Carter is one of three Vikings who absolutely will never give up. Will never, you know, his number will never be worn again. Uh, yeah, Chris Carter's number 80, Fran Tarkington's number 10, the unflappable Francis Fran Tarkington, and, of course, number 88, Alan Page, numbers I've never seen on the Vikings in my lifetime because neither of them were here anymore once I started watching them. Was, um, I'm 28, not 38, so not quite. I don't quite go back as far. Now, the other signing, safety, Matteo Williams. I hope I said his name right. Um he replaces Dwight Smith, a uh, talented but just kind of a goofy player. You know, I mean, talented but goofy off the court or field, off the court. I'm so used to basketball. Um, he, you know, he had his run-ins. He, uh, oh boy, <laughs> he had a very uh, perverted, I guess you could say, incident in the uh, stairwell at Block E in downtown Minneapolis where he was uh, allegedly having sex with somebody in the stairwell as uh, that was a really classy move by him you know you can't really uh, get a room maybe how about that there is a hotel in blocky i will remind you so <laughs> if you want to go that far um but yeah Matteo williams well by all accounts a great guy a classy guy and a talented player they said he was the best safety available on the free agency market now that doesn't necessarily mean he's the second coming of uh you know, Ed Reed or something, or anybody, you know, like anybody, any of the great safeties of all time. But he has a chance to be pretty solid. Now, you do add that guy, but you also add uh, Thomas Toupee, or, uh, the former Minnesota Gophers fullback. Now he's a Viking fullback. He replaces a wonderfully talented yet oft-injured and aging Tony Richardson at the fullback position. A very inexpensive move. By the Vikings is uh, he's only guaranteed Thomas Depay is only guaranteed 1.2 million out of 3 million, only 3 million, and I believe it was a six-year deal. So uh, he's not a very expensive individual. Uh, obviously, fullbacks don't get the ball much, but I do find it ironic that the guys that work their butts off get paid lot, get paid very low amounts because fullbacks have to constantly be under pressure on every play, banging into. Uh, you know, linemen or linebackers to protect uh, the running back. But um, I do see it as a nice addition, maybe just break even or something, because Tony Richardson was a great player, though, of course, as I said, oft injured, unfortunately. It seemed like he was always out. Hopefully Thomas Duque won't be that. 
Um, he has had injury problems in his past, unfortunately, but we'll, but of late, he is his health has caught up to par. So it's uh, all up to par now with his uh, health. As uh, when you look at his career numbers on. Yahoo Sports. Now, he played seven games in 2004, completely missed 2005 because of injury. Uh, 2006 and 2007, though, all 16 games played, so that is a good sign that his health is on the up on the up and up. So let's hope for the best of Thomas Dupay. He's a fairly young individual. Uh, he's, well, it looks like he is one year, or one, excuse me, one day younger than Paul Tuniverse Kenneth, my Close friend, Paul, to Universe Caniff. <laughs> March 28th, 1980. That's pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, both of, the, both of them will celebrate a birthday in the next couple weeks here. So, yeah, in advance, happy birthday, Thomas Dupay, I guess, eventually. Um, but, man, this is a completely different offseason compared to last year. We, you know, our signature signing was Bobby Wade. Bobby Wade. This year, it's Bernard Berrien. Now, Bernard Berrien is not Randy Moss, and he's not Jerry Rice. He's not Chris Carter, but he has a lot of talent, and he was playing in an offense that was pretty inconsistent. I mean, you just didn't know what to expect half the time from them. Now, I'm not saying that Tavares Jackson or uh, Kelly Holcomb or Brooks Bollinger were exactly Montana, uh, Steve Young, and um, whoever else, <laughs> Whoever else, Peyton Manning out there, I mean, not not really, you know, no. They were pretty awful, to be honest. Um, Tavares Jackson, clearly the most talented, yet, of course, still an ultra-inconsistent individual. Uh, Bollinger, I'm not sure if he's really if he's really in the Vikings' plans. Uh, Kelly Holcomb was released. I'm seeing Bollinger is still on the roster. So, yeah, he did sign a long contract, I remember, not long ago. But he is a third-string quarterback. The Vikings are... Suppose we're talking to the Houston Texans about Sage Rosenfels, but they want a second-round pick for the guy. Um, yeah, he was four and one in the short stint of play of uh, playing, but that's it, though. What's do you really need a second-round pick for Sage Rosenfels? I mean, he turns thirty tomorrow. Well, not tomorrow. He turns thirty on March sixth. He's already going to be thirty years old. Now, his numbers. Looked pretty good last year. 15 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 1,684 yards. So not bad. Quarterback rating, you know, overrated, which is overrated, of course, 84.8. You know, quarterback rating is always an overrated statistic for the most part. Now, yeah, when you look at his numbers in his career, not bad. If you click on the full button, when you click on Sage Rosen, Sage Rosenfels, sorry, the, on the Houston Texans roster. Now, he's never played over 10 games. So, yeah, he's not a guy you're going to count on to, to really be a full-time starter. But, well, ever since 2005, his numbers have been steady. His quarterback rating has been over 80. So, um, and he's thrown more touchdowns than, than interceptions, which that's the important stat I usually look for in a quarterback. I mean, that's a huge start. you got to have more touchdowns than interceptions, um, which Tavares Jackson did not have last year. He had nine touchdowns. And 12 interceptions. Uh, 12 interceptions is better than 25, but still, um, it just shows the sign of a guy who's either inconsistent, inexperienced, or just plain sucks. You know, inaccurate. One of the three ins, <laughs> you could say. Um, T. Jack, Tavares Jackson, going into his second season as a full time starter. Last year, he, there's. Might as well say the quarterback rating, 70.8 last year, 1,911 yards. And, yes, you know, nine touchdowns, 12 interceptions. He did play in 12 games, so, because um, I do know, how, I do remember how he did miss four games from injury. So, yeah, only nine touchdowns in 12 games, that is pretty weak. And uh, I would expect to see those numbers increase this year. And there is a chance they could increase significantly because, Sidney Rice was ultra raw last year. He's 21 years old. How many 21-year-old wide receivers do you do you see in the NFL? Almost none. Um, there was one named Randy Moss, if you you know, back in '98. But yeah, I don't think Sidney Rice is quite on that level just yet. And uh, Randall Cunningham and Brad Johnson were slightly better quarterbacks than um, Tavares Jackson was ready to be last year. 
But, um, yeah, you you have the more experienced Jackson. You have the more experienced Sidney Rice. And you have Bernard Berrien, who is ready and willing. He's getting into his prime at age 27. Um, ultimately, I would hope Tavares Jackson could throw at least 20 touchdowns next year. I would hope so, if, if healthy. Um, the receiving core of the Vikings suddenly is starting to look a little more talented here, as you do still have Andre Allison, as he is still here, and he's very young at age, uh, gosh, he was only 21 last year as well. So he turns 22 on April 20th. That guy is awfully young. Now, last year's number is nothing spectacular at all. Only eight receptions for 122 yards, but... Um, he's got a shot to be something someday. He was a fifth-round pick by the Vikings after clicking on his name, of course, at the time. But uh, Sidney Rice is the guy I really target to be something special. Now, Andre Ellison looked pretty good on special teams, or at least decent. Sidney Rice's numbers last year, lower than uh, lower than you would expect in terms of, my God, because Whenever he did play well, he looked like he is—he's going to be a Pro Bowl receiver as as his career develops. Uh, only 396 yards and four touchdowns, but there is an exclamation point, exclamation point after those yards and, and touchdowns because he was a guy who made people miss and uh, made some great plays. Now he's not perfect, but he made the kind of plays that, that the Troy Williamsons and the Bobby Wades can't make. It's not, you know, it's not just a couldn't make. They can't make those plays. And um, that's where he separates himself from the rest. Now, Troy Williamson. Troy Williamson was traded this uh, last week for a sixth-round pick. And you know what? Troy Williamson, I just couldn't take anymore. And I am so happy that he's gone. I couldn't. I can't even put into words how happy I am that he's gone. But um, ultimately, on Troy Williamson, the fact you can get a sixth-round pick for him, congratulations, Minnesota Vikings, on that move. Congratulations. Good job. Um, it's like what, what I loved is how he came into training camp last year with all that bravado, like he's ready. He's ready, baby. He's ready to show why he was a first-round pick. Seventh freaking overall pick, which just makes me sick even saying that. Seventh overall pick. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and the way he went out there last year and dropped all the same classes that he dropped the previous years, the previous couple of years, and um, couldn't get to couldn't get to balls that were thrown deep. I mean, that's what drove me more insane than anything. They talked about his, his amazing speed, how, how quick he was and all that stuff. And he couldn't even catch up to passes by Brad Johnson. I mean, I'm talking about the same Brad Johnson that was 37 years old at the time, and I, I got into a little, you know, a little argument, kind of a casual argument with my friend Brian Cronhart. At the time, he's like, "Well, that doesn't just because Brad Johnson overthrows him doesn't mean Charlie Williamson is slow." And it's like, yeah, it does. Yes, it does. Brad Johnson is not, you know, Brad Johnson is not Brett Favre in his prime with a with a rocket arm or John Elway. Brad Johnson also was ancient is was you know, is is ancient. I mean the guy is an old guy. He's not out there chucking the rock to a young athletic receiver and overthrowing him unless something's wrong with the receiver. Now it might not necessarily have been particularly speed that was the problem, but also the fact the guy can't get around anybody in his routes. I mean he just gets stopped. And if you get stopped you're not good. Okay? It's going to happen. You're going to get stopped, but all the time, you just you suck. I mean, sooner or later, you got to just say it. You got to just write him off. You got to put him on this guy sucks list. You know, Troy Williamson at, at the top of that list for the Vikings last year, along with uh, several other players that I don't need to mention him on the immediately. But yeah, Troy Williamson going into last year, all ready to go, and he had posted career lows. As when you click on his. Um, Player site on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster, Troy Williamson. I click on full, or you don't even have to, as he's only played three years. Now, yeah, career low of 18 receptions, career low, 240 yards. Oh, but he did have he did pass the previous career low in touchdowns. The career low was zero of two, in 2006. He got one last year. Way to go, Troy. Thanks for the memories, Troy. And um, we'll see if he even cracks the Jacksonville Jaguars roster. I know their receiving core is not exactly, uh, you know, 
Rice, Terrell, you know, I mean, uh, Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens, you know, like they used to have in the 49ers. But, um, but hey, <laughs> they have, uh, you know, they at least have Reggie Williams who can play a little. That guy's a pretty talented individual. There's 10 touchdowns last year. I just clicked on his player file just to at least look at it. But, you know, I remember him very well in the fantasy league. It was a nice pickup. And, yeah, that's something I will get into next year when the fall comes in. I will talk fantasy football on this show. Um, I may or may not play any more fantasy football. As I announced, I was retiring from it after last year's ugh, last year's disappointment in the fantasy Super Bowl. But, anyhow, I'll get off that topic. Uh, the Vikings, to me, go into this season with a chance to be pretty good, in my opinion. And... Um, as long as they get a solid backup quarterback, that is the start of things. That I mean, that is something they still need to get done. They need that, and they also need a kick returner. Now, I believe they were talking to uh, Hicks, of the uh, formerly of the San Francisco 49ers, so um, hopefully we can land a talented kick returner because Bobby Wade ain't going to cut it, and you can't put Adrian Peterson out there because if he gets hurt, we're screwed. I know we have Chester Taylor, but Chester Taylor is not Adrian Peterson. Chester Taylor is a top 10 to 15 running back in the NFL. Adrian Peterson is maybe the top period running back in the NFL. So, yeah, you don't put him to risk at all. Noel D. Moore, another running back, gone. As, uh, he's talking to Tampa Bay. There was even rumors that he was going to get traded to Tampa last year. Did not happen, but clearly the uh, interest from Tampa is still strong for the services of me, Weldy, Moore. But, no, the other thing I was going to get into before I started wandering uh, was the backup quarterback position. Now, they are talking supposedly to Trent Green, or at least have expressed interest in him, who is ancient, but but wouldn't be the worst choice of all time because uh, I would think he's going to at least be a nice, wise individual to help Tavares Jackson develop and um, I don't think Trent Green is completely done. I think he's got a year or two of uh, backup quarterback football left in him. Uh, you know, a, a, a lot of the aging quarterbacks that had great careers finished their career as solid backups, so it wouldn't be the first time. Um, the other man the uh, Vikings were uh, in discussions with, with, or not necessarily him in particular, but his team, the Buffalo Bills, J.P. Lossman. Now, J.P. Lossman supposedly had some uh, run-ins with Buffalo's management here and there. He's, you know, looked on as a slightly cocky individual. But, um, yeah, it's not like you're bringing him in here to be a starter at this point because they're too much, you know, he was too much of a mess last year. He was a bust. 2006, though, when you look at his career numbers, he did throw 19 touchdowns and 14 interceptions. Good year. Still played all 16 games, quarterback rating of about 85. And 3,000 3, yards, 3,051 yards. So the guy is capable of being a nice player. Say, if uh, Tavares Jackson is just a bust, he's another Troy Williamson, you know, type of uh, type of dealy uh, for us. J.P. Lossman is at least a plan B, B plus, I guess you could say. He's at least something. So, yeah, if he's not too expensive, that'd be a nice addition to this team. Sage Rosenfels, uh, I can't say his name, I just can't, I apologize, Sage Rosenfels, I have no idea why I'm struggling with it, but um, for some reason it's too expensive, as I was saying, they are not backing on the second round pick deal, if you can get him for a third round pick, do it, you know, that he is a perfect backup, perfect backup, and um, I guess the other guy they was, they was talking to, <laughs> were talking to, is... Um, Billy Volek, I believe he is still on the Titans. And, yeah, I am not seeing him. I guess he's a straight-up free agent right now. Uh, okay, I am totally apologizing. San Diego Chargers, how could I forget? He helped the uh, Chargers defeat the uh, Indianapolis Colts. I'm on crack. I apologize. Billy Volek is a guy we were in discussions with as well, or are in discussions with of some type. Um but uh, now I'm seeing an article here as uh, Billy Volek is back with the Chargers. My bad. Billy Volek signed a three-year deal. So, yeah, throw that one out. <laughs> My bad. 
So, yeah, it's looking like J.P. Lossman or Sage Rosenfels or uh, Trent Green. And um, my personal opinion on who will be the Vikings quarterback, backup quarterback next year at this point out of those three is going to be Trent Green because I think Lossman's going to be too expensive and I think Rosenfels is too expensive. So Trent Green right now out of those three is by far the most likely to come here. Uh, he is this, He's a guy I like a lot. I really enjoyed what he did with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's it's a shame that they couldn't accomplish more. And um, with with Trent Green, I would like to see him here. Uh, yeah, I didn't work in Miami last year because well, he's not a starter anymore. So that's just that was just proven last year. But um, he's a guy who I think can still play if needed. If needed, that is the big key. Is, uh, yeah, he will get yards. That is a huge thing. And he's going to still throw touchdowns here and there. He might throw more interceptions than touchdowns as he did the last two years when I look at his numbers. But, uh, you know, quarterback rating in the 70s. But a guy who in his past career just threw 4,000 yards every year. It was just amazing when he was with the Chiefs. Um, you know, good old, you know, you know Farzine's team there. The Chiefs put up some nice offensive numbers, but overall couldn't get it done in the playoffs or in, like, important games, per se. But with that, I'm going to close on the Vikings now as I have really, really gotten heavy into them, and I've enjoyed talking about them, finally. And I, we, you know, I hope that they can add a um, defensive end to this roster very soon, as soon as possible. Justin Smith gone to the 49ers as we attempted to get him, but he was unable to even make a, his trip here as the Niners wooed him way too much for him to even leave San Francisco. And, hey, I don't blame him. San Francisco's a beautiful city, and the tradition there is phenomenal. Um, so good luck to Justin Smith, I guess. Now, I, one more quarterback that I'm you know seeing here that I have interest in despite – the, uh, the fact he's been on a downtrend the last couple of years, is former Viking backup quarterback Gus Ferrat. That is one guy I think the Vikings should at least look at, even even if just even if a little. Um, except they're saying his career is over, and I don't know why they're saying that. He's not. He's he's younger than Trent Green, so I would at least give it a look if I were the Vikings. We'll see what happens, though, ultimately in that. I still think it's going to be Trent Green, personally. So uh, when I return, we are going to talk about the Minnesota Wild. We are back, and I can't think of a better song to use to introduce the Minnesota Wild than Nintendo Ice Hockey, and I hope you like that, guys. So we are back here to talk about the Minnesota Wild, the best team in the National Hockey League. Well, no, but here in the state of hockey anyway, they're the best team here, as even the Gopher hockey team is struggling. But the first thing I'd like to mention, as it's right here in the top of the uh, the little Wild news here, is Marion Gabrick finally is the captain. Marion Gabrick has been given the captain C for the month of March. To me, that that just that makes me smile. I'm so happy. You know, I I think it was long overdue. Marion Gabrick becoming the captain of the Wild. Now, the Wild are the weirdest team in the NHL with the way they never have a, a full-time starting goalie and they never have a full-time captain. As they go on a monthly uh, basis, a new captain every month. Now, have you ever heard of that before? I sure haven't, but. Uh, it's it's a cool idea, I guess. I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this is like junior, you know, junior high hockey. Like, oh, let's make everybody captain so everybody's happy. But, <laughs> um, hey, uh, either, either way, Marion Gabrick as a captain makes me smile because, you know, give the kid a chance. Not that he's even a kid anymore. He's 26 now, but um, he's the team's best player. He's an all-star and a potential super-duper star if he keeps playing great and stays healthy, most importantly. Um, I think he's going to serve well as the captain of this team, as he does have leadership skills. When you listen to him talk, you know, when you listen to him talk, well, for one, his English has gotten much better. Now, that's not the most important thing in the history of the world, but it is better. And uh, 
he makes good points when he talks. When he talks about his team, he sounds like a leader, and um, I'm glad to see it. So congratulations, Marion Gabrick. Now, with that said, it's time to actually start talking about the uh, the actual games of the last week. Now, we left off last week about uh, with that disappointing loss to the Calgary Flames, and since then, the NHL trade deadline came to a close. And Tuesday was the epiphany of negativity for the Minnesota Wild, as um, there was all this talk about Marion Hosa coming to the Wild. There was talk about, oh, like a Bobby Holick coming here, or, uh, well, this uh, Campbell, who went to the Sharks, uh, you know, guys like that coming here. At least one of them, you know, somebody coming here. And uh, guess who we got? Chris Simon. Now, initially, right away, I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's a tough guy who's 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 got some talent. He's not a complete, just, just a goon. Oh, wait, yeah, he is just a goon. And he's also 36 years old. Now, Marion Hosa <coughs> went to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Went to the Pittsburgh Penguins for almost nothing, and... Well, he didn't, and well, the Wild didn't make a move on it. And to me, that would have been a perfect chemistry move for this team. Not only the talent, but the a top line of uh, Demetra, Hosa, and Gabrick would have absolutely catapulted this team to prominence, in my opinion. And um, no, that was not simply not the case. As the Wild just pick up Chris Simon, a guy who you know has committed numerous acts of violence and uh, has had two of the longest suspensions in NHL history. One was for nearly cutting a guy's ankle off with a skate with the New York Rangers not long ago, and um, another was just uh, cross-checking somebody in the face with you know his stick after a fight or after some type of incident of some kind. Those were those were within just the last year, totaling about 50 games of uh, suspension time. So. Okay, I I like the fact he's a tough, greedy individual. I don't like the fact he's old, and I don't like the fact he's out of control, or at least has shown that he's just out of control. So we're going to see what happens with that. It's not the end of the world. It's not like the worst move ever, but the fact that that's all we got is is the, wor- is the worst part about it. It drives me insane. Now, the negativity was not just the lack of, of making a good move, but, yeah, the uh, it, it rubbed off on the team, and they lost 4-1 to one to the Washington Capitals in Washington, D.C., the capital city. And um, they just they absolutely kicked our butts from the start to finish in this game. I didn't actually get to particularly watch it because I was at work, but ultimately... They kicked our butts. It was two to nothing right away. Wild Radovojevich, radio boy, whatever his name is, scores his fourth goal of the year. So terrific. And um, then after that, the Washington Capitals score two more goals right away after that. And uh, yeah, they just stomped on us. I barely even want to talk about this game as it just pissed me off. The only thing I like about it is that the Washington Capitals have brought back the the old logo other than that boring logo they had the last 10 years, where it actually says Capitals really big with the uh, the T as a, as a uh, hockey stick. So I like that. It's obviously a more modernized version of the logo. But, yeah, that's the only positive of the whole game. Um, just a tor- terrible game by the Wild. They only gave up 26 shots, and, uh, yeah, still allowed four goals. Pathetic effort. And uh, I'm going to move on to the next game because that game just sucked. And... Uh, well, it's not even worth talking about. But after that, the Wild finally, something, somebody or something got to them, and they went into Tampa Bay the next night and defeated them 3-2. to two. As Pierre-Marc Bouchard and uh, Nicholas Backstrom stepped up into this game, Todd Fedorik with his third goal of the year, assisted by Bouchard, Pavel Dimitra assisted by Miko Koivu on the second goal, and then Ralston... F- Scores early in the uh, third period, his 24th of the year. He's one of the main goal scorers on the team, and Bouchard with the other assist, with a, with another assist. Overall, the Wild much better game. I mean, Tampa Bay is not the best team in the world, but at the same time, they're decent. And um, 
you know, I mean, they're at least a somewhat decent team. And it is a road game. And that's what counts the most is that the Wild defeated the Tampa Bay Lightning. And um, I'm happy that they somehow got back on track slightly. As now we're in a dogfight with the Calgary Flames, the Wild, as they were in a dogfight this whole week. Uh, we went back to Florida, or back to Florida. We stayed in Florida and went to the... Uh, Went to go play the Florida Panthers and defeated them three to two. And uh, Koivu, Veyu, and Burns get the goals in this game. Koivu stepping it up. Gabby, Marion Gabrick with an assist, but Koivu the main star of the game with his two-way play. Great player. Nicholas Backstrom again, one of the main factors. Uh, Nicholas Backstrom wins games. I'll give him that. But yeah, he's inconsistent because the way the the Capitals earlier in the week just kicked his butt. That drives me insane. But um, overall, the Wild showing some strength. You know, Brent Burns with a goal and an assist in the game. That is wonderful. Helps my fantasy team out, too. But more importantly, it helps out the Minnesota Wild, as uh, he is the only big-time defenseman on this team, a guy who not only is a good defensive player, but a big-time offensive weapon as well. As uh, Kim Janssen to me, they kept saying how that's who Kim Janssen is. Nah, Kim Janssen drives me nuts. I don't like him. I I can't tell you how many times I've seen the puck come his way via power play or just regular full strength. And, um, you know, when we're in the other team's zone and we're trying to set up something, you know, something, some type of of play where we can wind up scoring, hopefully, and Kim Janssen loses the puck. It, It just, and this guy's the, one of the highest paid men on this team. He's easily the, or he's been the highest paid defenseman anyway. And uh, how many times has he been a disappointment for this team? I still, I still, it's still on strong on. It still sticks in my mind the goal that he gave, that he helped give up against the Anaheim Ducks last year when he slid into the uh, the net. Nicholas Backstrom. He just fell right into Nicholas Backstrom, and the and Wild gave up a goal in the playoffs. Just things like that with this overrated pile of crap have driven me insane. I just I just wish we could have done better on getting a big time defenseman. As that has been my number one complaint with this team forever and ever and ever. As every time there's a draft, you know, every time we're in a draft situation, we never pick up a defenseman. And the one we did, A.J. Thielen, didn't even make the team. He is gone. He didn't even make the team. First-round pick, gone. So the Wild have failed in uh, the defenseman area forever other than Brent Burns. And the greatest part about Brent Burns, he wasn't drafted as a defenseman. He was drafted as a winger. So go figure. But the other good thing is the Wild won again. They're third in a row. Last night against the Los Angeles Kings, here in St. Paul, I'm not from St. Paul, but Twin Cities, um, Nicholas Backstrom shines again, number one star of the game. He uh, made 27 saves out of 28 shots. So Backstrom with three wins in a row. Marion Gabrick, baby, 34th goal of the year. Brent Burns assist, Bouchard assist. And then uh, the big thing, though, the big surprise of the game is the man that won the goal at the end, Martin Skula, with only his third goal of the year in overtime was assisted by Gabby and uh, Pavel Dimitra, the Slovakian line, Gabrik and Dimitra, helping Skula out. And, uh, hey, you know, Skula is a guy who many Wild fans have hated the last two years, especially being he was traded for or traded here for the, uh, the strongest defense in the Minnesota Wild have ever had, Willie Mitchell. Willie Mitchell, the man who was just a big time factor throughout the playoffs in the 2003 playoff run two years ago Skula comes here from the Dallas Stars and ever since just has been a stiff and um, for some reason Jacques Lemaire really likes him because he does certain things I guess that we don't see and I don't know to me that's one of the most overrated uh, terms of all time like he does the things that don't show up in the statute well yeah he turns the puck over and he gets his butt kicked every time he gets hit, and he never scores when he has a chance. Okay, yeah, I guess those are the things that don't show up in the stat sheet either, so let's not forget that part. But overall, Gabrick, to me, though, is just a great player, and um, 
fact that you know he already he has 34 goals this year. That's the big key to me in the game, really. Other than that, um, ultimately though, yeah, Skula getting that goal in overtime. Thanks, you finally did something for us. We appreciate it. Thank you very, very, very much. At least it gave us another win. And uh, yeah, we are in first place over the Calgary Flames right now with. 79 points, Calgary Flames 77, Vancouver 74, Colorado 74. So the uh, we're starting to gain a little ground on Vancouver and Colorado, at least. A little, a little bit, five points, nothing great. Edmonton Oilers have been on a run, unfortunately, as they are above 500 now with 67 points. They have gained six points since we last talked. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Is uh, Yeah, the Oilers look like they were dead and gone. They are not. There's... Still 12 games. They are 12 points behind the Wild, and uh, considerably they're only a uh, couple behind Colorado and Vancouver at this point. As uh, they're seven points back. I apologize. I'm having a mind blank here for some reason. Just distractions. But, yeah, don't count the Edmonton Oilers out quite yet because they've always been slightly dangerous. But, yeah, in closing on the Wild, um, bad trade or just lame lame effort in the trade deadline. They didn't really make enough of a move. And the most painful thing of all, though, is Peter Forsberg not only doesn't sign with the Wild, not only doesn't retire or stay out of the league for the year, he signs with the Colorado Avalanche. He goes back to the team where he was for quite a long time. And, yeah, he goes to our one of our arch rivals. So... I hope they fail. I hope they fall on their butts over there in Colorado, as I just do not like the Avalanche at all. I do not like anybody in this division at all. Um, wish I, I wish them the worst. I hope they fail and miss the playoffs. And after that, it is time to move on to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I do remember not talking about the Dallas Maverick game last week, so I'm going to have to throw that in this week. And uh, we're gonna have a much longer, we're gonna have an even longer show this week, obviously, as uh, we're talking about three teams. It's here on Paladino Live, we continue to be never one-dimensional. Now, Kirk Snyder not did not play. That's one of the at the time he was one of the newest acquisitions on this. Or was the newest acquisition on this team. Uh, Ratliff Theo Ratliff plays his final game as a Timberwolf, scoring three points, getting four rebounds playing 13 minutes off the bench. Uh, Al Jefferson, 22 points, 8 rebounds in the game. Solid, two blocks, so very solid effort for Al. But, yeah, the Wolves lose 99-83 to to the Dallas Mavericks. And uh, Jason Kidd with 17 assists. That is the stat of the game. Uh, so, yeah, 12 points, 17 assists, 4 steals also for Jason Kidd. Now, he had 3 turnovers, but, yeah, 17 assists, that's assist-to-turnover ratio is suddenly pretty good there, despite the 3 turnovers. But, yeah, Dirk Nowitzki, 29 points, 8 rebounds, also in the game. Um, he had 2 of 3 three-pointers as well, and uh, shot 10 of 15 from the floor. Dirk Nowitzki wasted us, and... Uh, to be honest with you, when I look at the Dallas Mavericks backcourt, that is pretty intriguing. Jason Cherry and Jason Kidd, the Jasons, that is a nice combination. So um, the Mavericks definitely had a vision there. As uh, Jason Cherry coming off the bench to me, well, I understand it was for Devin Harris, and Devin Harris is a player who's going to be a phenomenal player for the New Jersey Nets. Again, congratulations to um, the crossovers, Rusty. Rusty, congratulations on landing that guy, as he's going to really help your team, in my opinion. But still, at the same time, Jason Cherry coming off the bench, uh, it just didn't make any sense. It drove me, it just didn't make any sense at all, as Terry's been an all-star in his career, and he's been their second-best player for forever, the Mavericks, other than maybe when Josh Howard goes on a tear. And, um... Man, that is a stacked lineup. I mean, even Eric Dampier looks okay. Nine points and six rebounds in the game. Um, Jason Cherry, though, definitely shooting guard type of player. And when you got a point guard like Jason Kidd, and both of them are about six foot four, so that's okay. That it works. You get a large point guard and a small shooting guard, so it's kind of offset, kinda. You could say. Um, yeah, Jason Cherry had twenty points. He was eight of sixteen over three three point range, but his plus minus twenty a plus twenty eight by far the top in the entire game here. Uh, Jason Cherry, a super valuable individual 
for the Mavericks, a guy who can create runs and uh, lead runs. But um, Randy Foy, a guy who I ripped on my video that I did on on uh, YouTube, if you check it out or if you'd like to check it out, please do. Randy Foy with his worst game back with the Wolves as the starting shooting guard right now. He was one of six from the floor, looked disinterested the entire game. Two turnovers, one assist, just almost a non-factor in this game. I mean, well, it really was a non-factor. Jason Kidd just made made him look like a child on this night. Sebastian Telfair, solid numbers, a uh, little bit overplayed, 38 minutes, 43 seconds, just, you know, pretty much 39 minutes on the floor. I don't think Telf that's really Telfair. I think Telfair should be playing 28, 30 in my opinion. He did get seven assists, but four turnovers, so his little assist-to-turnover ratio dealy is um, starting to drop off a bit as he had a phenomenal run going. As He was like the top point guard in the league for about a three-week span there in that statistic. Simply not the case of late. Um, Tory Brewer back to his 20 minutes again as the starting small forward with only six points and two rebounds. He did get a steal and a block, so eh, he's all right. You know, in competition with Josh Howard, Josh Howard getting the best of him, but overall. But uh, the one thing that I see, though, is Josh Howard only shot 518. So Brewer coming through a little bit there. Ryan Gomes, another boring game, 12 points, five rebounds, nothing to get you excited. No three-pointers, so that's a little statistic that Ryan Gomes adds sometimes in the game. Uh, McCann's a 17 off the bench, but... Uh, yeah, pretty much just a classic butt kicking as the Mavericks better team beat the crappy team, and uh, whatever you know, Randy Foy non-factor. That's gonna happen. That's just gonna happen, especially when the guy who was supposed to be your second best player is not your second best player. Uh, but let's move on to the next game, and it was a rare Timberwolves victory, and the most recent one, as they defeat the Utah Jazz on Tuesday night last week. Despite Carlos Boozer's amazing effort of 34 points and 8 rebounds, along with the awesome Deron Williams, 18 points, 9 assists, but 5 turnovers. That was probably one of the problems, along with uh, Boozer's 6 turnovers as the Jazz. Yeah, 24 turnovers in the game to the Wolves, 13. Huge stat, and the Wolves have 4, no, 5, excuse me, 4 players eclipsed the 20-point mark in this game, and Randy Foy, you know, he uh, much better in this game. He was shot 50% from the floor, 8 of 16 from the floor, and 2 of 4 from three-point range, so 50% in both both areas. Uh, very solid game. It's unfortunately, two assists and two turnovers, but three steals, very good. So he played well against Brewer and uh, Williams, the other Brewer. It was Ronnie Brewer. Al Jefferson, 22 points and 10 rebounds. So a similar game to the uh, game against the Dallas Mavericks. Almost identical numbers. What I like, though, here with Al Jefferson, he attempted 10 free throws in this game, and he uh, he is getting to the line more of late, and that is good news for the Wolves as he continues to blossom as into an all-star player on this roster, on this roster, on this team. Uh, if he continues to get to the line double-digit times a game, he is going to be a very good player. Kirk Snyder, as I'm seeing, makes his debut off the bench. 24 minutes, as they do look at him as a uh, defensive specialist. And by all accounts, he did very solid in the game. He had six points, three, ugh, two rebounds, three assists, so very good. A steal and a block. So he did his job. He's going to be a role player. It looks like he hit a three-pointer. That's good. But ultimately, yeah, uh, the other 22-point players or 20-point players were Ryan Gomes with 20 points and 11 rebounds. Awesome game for Ryan Gomes. Absolutely awesome. He outplays Andre Kirilenko badly in this game. As uh, As the other player to get 20 points in the game was Rashad McCants. The sixth man, Rashad McCants, he had 22 with three steals and five rebounds. So that's very good. Rashad McCants kind of kind of learning to slide into his role with the Timberwolves as the sixth man. And that's exactly what he is going to be with this team, in my opinion. I think that is the best role for him. 
because he's not the kind of guy you want playing 40 minutes a night and uh, to count on to help stop Kobe Bryant, or, well, not stop, but contain Kobe Bryant, as he is just going to get lit up all night. He's going to put up too many shots, and he's not going to help this team as a starter, in my opinion. As now we move on to the Toronto Raptors, who, again, for the second time this season, as we only play Eastern Conference teams twice a year, dismantle us again. This time it was in Toronto, and it was 107-85 to as the improving and talented Toronto Raptors whoop the living bleep out of us tonight, on this night anyway. Uh, and just, again, I'm just looking at a stat that I don't like at all. Corey Brewer, only 16 minutes, 16 and a half minutes, no points at all. 0 of 2 from the floor, just mm, 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 mm. disappointing to see there. And um, Al Jefferson only got five rebounds in the game. He only played 27 minutes. He got 23 points. I understand they believe, uh, they sat him down because the game was totally out of hand. There's nothing we could do after that third quarter when the Raptors beat us 33-22 to as they were just creaming us at that point. As There's no point in just leaving a guy out there to get hurt potentially or something. Um, what drives me nuts, though, is L. Jefferson shot the ball 9 of 12 from the floor. Why? Does Rashad McCants have, tw- have 17 shot attempts to Al Jefferson's 12? Al Jefferson, uh, McCants, 8 of 17 from the floor, 1 of 9 from three-point range. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That is the absolute reason why Rashad McCants, to me, is not a starter, never, ever should be a starter, because he is Anthony Peeler. He is a glorified Anthony Peeler, a guy who likes to jack up shots and make stupid plays. Um, he, he's a more athletic, more talented version of Anthony Peeler, but still, the same mentality that can kill a team. It can absolutely kill the, the uh, morale of a team when he when he plays of, that way. I mean, why is he shooting three-point shot? Why the three-point shot nine times when clearly he was cold? And oh, I just can't stand even thinking about it. Um, oh, just looking at that stat makes me absolutely sick. Ryan Gomes only five points in the game. He only shot the ball six times, and again, I'm, that's got to be related to McCant somehow. But Al Jefferson, oh my God! You know when he when he was shooting the lights out, nine of twelve from the floor, uh, and you got that selfish shooting guard named McCants doing playing that style of play. That is, I would like to see the Wolves look at the idea of trading Rashad McCants this summer. Unless somehow, some way, they can get him to regulate his his game a little bit. Um, he's going to stay on the bench. For, he's going to be a six man forever because I don't think he's going to change. And um, he's going to be lucky to be a six man if he doesn't stop doing this. But other than this, this game just sucked major butt. And uh, I was wrong about Theo Ratliff. He did play one more game. He played against the Toronto Raptors. I believe this was his last game, I believe. <laughs> I just couldn't keep track. It's been a busy week for me. Three points, six rebounds in his uh, adios time. But really, the player of the game, the more important side of the things Toronto Raptors in this game is uh, Chris Bosh, 28.7 rebounds. Um, just not many rebounds to be had for either team in this game for whatever reason. It looked like certain players shot well where others didn't. Uh, and, uh, yeah, Chris Bosh, by far the best player in the game. The rest of the Raptors played okay. TJ Ford looks like he's going to be their sixth man right now. He's the backup point guard because of uh, Jose Calderon's good run. But in this game, TJ Ford outplayed Calderon. And um, they both pretty much split minutes, 24 and 23 minutes respective, 25 and 23 respectively. So they pretty much cut time in half there. Um, And that's how this game went, really just a sucky game, and I don't want to even look at it anymore. uh, That's just what kind of season it's been for the Wolves. Cleveland Cavaliers game, this is the game of the week, I will call it, the game of the week. As this is the game I actually got to sit down and watch the whole thing from start to finish, and it was entertaining. It was very entertaining. Unfortunately, the better team took control and won the game down the stretch, the Cleveland Cavaliers. But Al Jefferson played 
pretty well. Not not spectacular. He was 10 of 22 from the floor. But he did get to shoot the ball more, so I was happy about that. Telfair, solid. Uh, nothing amazing, but solid. He had three three-pointers. Unfortunately, only one two-pointer in the whole game. He was 4 of 11 from the floor. But Randy Foy, again. Again, this was the night that I just was throwing my arms up, saying, this guy sucks right now. And I understand his timing is going to be off because when you're out for months and months and months and you it's the kind of injury where you can't even really practice and such it's going to it's going to really eat eat away at your game and stuff but Randy Foy is a talented enough guy to me that he is going to come back and he's going to play better than this you know he's going to play better than this if he really is as talented as they say one of nine from the floor ah man Four points in 33 minutes. That's the other thing. 33 flipping minutes. He only gets four points and four. Well, four rebounds is an okay stat for a shooting guard. That's fine. But um, some of his shots were the shot selection was okay. It's just the fact that he continued to miss and miss and miss and miss and miss and miss and miss. And miss. But uh, overall, the player of the game on the Wolves side was Corey Brewer. As finally, Corey Brewer getting starter minutes and playing like a starter on this night. As uh, he had 15 points, four rebounds, two assists, four, four steals. And um, here's the other part, though, that matters the most. You know who he was guarding, right? He was guarding LeBron James, arguably the most talented player on the planet. You can say what you want about LeBron James, that he's never going to be Jordan and he can't hit big shots, and he's a little overrated just because, you know, his face has been on the TV screen since he was 16 years old or younger. But, um, yeah, he's overrated a little bit, but he's clearly an ultra-talented individual who makes the game look easy. And Corey Brewer did a good job on him. And LeBron James didn't wear him out to a point that Corey Brewer was playing 19 minutes and scoring two points or no points, kind of like every other night. So, yeah, a very good game by Corey Brewer. I enjoyed watching him the whole night. And, uh, yeah, to see his field goal percentage at 50, that's great compared to the rest of the team, who the overall Timberwolves' field goal percentage of the game was 39. That totally sucks. And, uh, yeah, I was finally right. Theo Ratliff was gone at this point. Finally got it right. McCann's off the bench, 11 lousy points. Craig Smith, 8-8 eight and eight off the bench in 17 and a half minutes. So, good job by Craig Smith, as most of the games I've seen out of Craig Smith this week, very similar, you know, about 7.7 rebounds or so. Um, yeah, solid guy off the bench, but that's who he's going to be. Ryan Gomes with a slightly above-average game with uh, 13.7 rebounds in the game. 6-16 uh, to 16 from the floor, though, struggled. He's only 1-6 from three-point range. Yeah, his jump shot struggled most of the night, but he gave us a little run there in the third quarter for a while before Cleveland started to get more on the ball. And um, LeBron James, as I was saying, just phenomenal, making the game look easy. 13 assists to go along with 30 points and 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and he was 11-22 from the floor, 50%. So, yeah, Corey Brewer didn't shut him down or anything. But um, LeBron James on this night looked like he could have got 50, if not for Corey Brewer being steady out there. So he was—he just looked like he could have really gone off to, on this night. But other than that, that's pretty much that. Pretty much sums up this game. Is uh, Zerbiak out? Wally Zerbiak, the newly acquired Wally, former Timberwolf, out because he was waiting for the birth of his uh, third daughter or third child. And um, yeah, Ben Wallace, eight points, nine rebounds, two block shots. That's Brian Cush's favorite player, running with the Bulls, Brian Cush, and. Yeah, the fact that Ben Wallace is playing pretty solid in Cleveland has just got to absolutely dig at Bulls fans, and I don't blame him, as I hate what he did to the Chicago Bulls as well. $60 million flipping dollars to go out there and uh, get six points and seven rebounds for them. Not cool, and uh, now we are going to finally go into the last game and look to wrap up this show as we are going to clear an hour for the first time. And last night, the Wolves played an entertaining game against the equally crappy Seattle Supersonics, the not-so-supersonics, who um, gave away two talented players, Wally Zerbiak and Delonte West, to the Cleveland 
Cavaliers for aging expired contracts. You know, not a bad move, but still you'd think that the Sonics would suck even more than us, but they don't. Uh, Kevin Durant, 25 points, four rebounds, so good job in that on that front. Uh, the player of the game, though, for the Sonics was uh, Chris Wilcox with 18 points, 15 rebounds, and three blocks. Phenomenal. His plus-minus at plus 15, not even close to anybody in the entire game. So, yeah, Chris Wilcox, the fact, the main factor in this game. But, uh, yeah, and he totally outplayed Ryan Gomes. As Ryan Gomes is a power forward, only six points, three rebounds, and, uh, yeah, only 21 minutes. So, clearly Gomes was not up to the task last night. Um, Foy, okay game. Not too bad, but just still, I'm still going to be, I'm going to be, I'm going to be on him until he shows that he's better than he is. As I was the same way about Rashad McCants last year, and guess what? He's still somebody who has not proven himself to me at all. Frankly, I'd love to, I'd love to trade McCants if, if if doable, as I said. Jefferson, though, last night, absolutely awesome. 30 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists. Yeah. Al Jefferson's passing game has improved. And uh, in that Cleveland game when I watched, he made some nifty passes in that game. Not all of them went for assists, but his overall game becoming more and more and more excellent. As uh, I was saying, how oh, with with Garnett gone, we're going to lose that big, uh, that talented passing power forward. Not necessarily. As uh, Al Jefferson to me is starting to add that to his game, and don't forget you have Corey Brewer, who is also a good passer at the small forward position. So. Not all is lost, obviously. As a certain, as sometimes you combine certain players to replace missing aspects from departed players. Uh, Telfair, in 29 minutes, only shot the ball twice and made one basket, but he did get nine assists, so that's good. Telfair playing like a true point guard in that sense. Um, good job by Telfair. There were a lot of assists in this game. As uh, Foy had five, Telfair had nine, uh, Jefferson had five. Brewer had two, and Craig Smith, Craig Smith had five assists in this game. That is pretty cool. Kirk Snyder, there's one of the odd stats of the night. 32 and a half minutes, Kirk Snyder played a lot. He had five steals and two blocks. So maybe Kirk Snyder's going to be better than I thought, as I pretty much made fun of him on the uh, on the uh, the YouTube video. But, yeah, four points, two of six from the floor, two was, uh, two baskets from the floor, that is, and uh, two assists, three rebounds. So the other stats, not so great, but the defensive numbers, dang, man, that's pretty good. Uh, now, McCants, like I've been ripping him, of course, but he had a pretty good game on this particular night. In 24 minutes, he managed to get 18 points, and he was seven of eight, seven of 14 from the floor, to go along with three of six from three-point range. He saw shot a straight 50%, and also 50% at the free throw line, one of two. But uh, he was one of only three players who were in the plus category and the plus-minus statistic on this game. He was a plus five, but. Uh, Jefferson was a plus three. He was the best player, but the top plus minus guy in this game was Craig Smith. He played almost 33 minutes. He got 15 points, three steals, five assists, as I said, four rebounds. So Craig Smith, six of nine from the floor. Uh, The Wolves shot almost 50% as a team, but the Seattle Supersonics (laughs) shot 55%. So just an absolute awesome, entertaining game as... The Supersonics defeat the Wolves in overtime, 111-108. to 108. A big bummer, but such is life, unfortunately. As uh, It's just the way it's going to go with this team. They're not going to win many games. They're not going to win hardly any. And uh, ultimately, though, we are going to call it a night as um, this has been a heck of a show, and I hope you've enjoyed it out there. I hope I've brought a lot of information to all of you, and um, I hope I haven't kept you too long. I hope that you please sign up on the message boards. Please get a screen name. Let's keep this run going as we have been on fire with uh, signing up new members of late. 
or having new members sign up anyway. And uh, yes, indeed, go to my YouTube site, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe, youtube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. Please subscribe. It is completely free. Enjoy the sports takes. Enjoy the video game reviews. And yes, there will be a new video game review in the near future because I'm going to finally get going on that as um, I've been looking to get new software for this computer, but you know what? I don't have the money right now. I just don't. And um, sooner or later, I may put up a donation button on uh, if I can get a website up at some point. I may put a donation button on and uh, see if I can get some help from you out there. As this show gets more and more popular, I'm going to want to upgrade my software to have, bring you better a better product, better video game reviews, better microphone, better anything, better computer programming so I can make a good website at some point. And um, I would really appreciate that you do sign up on YouTube and on TSS. But anyhow... I've said that too many times, and uh, I just want to appreciate all of you for listening and downloading. Stay cool, enjoy the rest of the week, and go TSS.